Hello and welcome listeners to the second ever episode of Cinema Cobb, WKNC's horror movie review podcast. I am your host for this episode, Mason Baker, aka DJ Crush, joined by... Hi, I'm Natalia, here known as DJ Roxy at the station. So happy to be back. Hey everybody, I am Sean, also known as Lead Pipe, also known as Sean. <laughs> Is it spelled differently? <laughs> No. The, the two parts of shit. No, it's and like... It's my stage name. <laughs> <laughs> and as to not bury the lead, as you all are currently watching this episode, you already know what we're going to be talking about. This episode, we are going to be talking about the acclaimed 2014 horror film, The Babadook. Baba. Baba. Duk. 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 Oh my god. This movie was awesome. I... I, I guess we're just gonna go ahead and jump into the. I mean, I think we thoughts. can start with our nor- with our basic thoughts. I thought this movie was awesome. I really enjoyed this movie. I, just to be a contrarian, because I did like it. Yeah. I hated this movie. Oh, <laughs> what'd you hate? Um, too good. <laughs> okay. I like um, trash movies. <laughs> no. Garbage. I think we can all agree that this was a great movie and definitely deserving of the acclaim it has. Absolutely. Yeah, like. Um, this, like, I kind of touched on this, like, in, like, our first episode, which you, you should totally go watch. If you have not already, for some reason. Um, but the Babadook was, like, even earlier than, like, the elevated horror that we really talk about now. Like, I mentioned, like, Get Out and Hereditary. But that's, like, three, four years later than the Babadook. Like, mm-hmm. this one I was hearing about, like everywhere like how good it is and like how good it is like for a horror movie which like i think it came at a time like where we didn't really um put value in horror very much which Mm -hmm. i want to change i think we should value horror so so much absolutely but like it was like one of the first ones and it's like so interesting that like an international horror movie from australia Mm -hmm. made such an impact definitely on audiences i feel like I mean, we can obviously touch on this later in the podcast, but um, 2014 was kind of the tail end of what I would call the, not dark ages, but the boring ages of horror. Mm-hmm. It, was Absolutely. A, it was a lot of gritty remakes. It was a lot of uh, things that wanted to be The Conjuring. But going into The Babadook, there are definitely a lot of those elements in it, like flickering lights, long shots but is so cleverly done that i think it really holds its own against a those movies and b even the things that came after it kind of ushering in this age of quote-unquote elevated horror which again i can touch on my beef with that term later but it's worth noting for this kind of period that this ushered in yeah um I want to ask you guys, like, how much did you know about the movie, like, going into it? I'm going to be honest. I didn't know a single thing. Nothing. I really hadn't heard too much about it um, other than it was probably one of the most recent, like, really good Australian horror movies. At least ones that have, like, reached international audiences. Obviously, we're not from Australia, so maybe they have some, you know, the scene might be crazy down there. But (laughs) who knows? Their life is horror. All those animals yeah, around. Like, was, that's probably what, you know, 
springs them to make a really good horror movie is they have to to feel anything. <laughs> you have to really push it because <laughs> if your entire life is like that, you know. This movie's just like about like one of those like really scary poisonous spiders. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, yeah, it does kind have of. the bug all the bugs going on, which we'll definitely get into. It's something um, that can definitely Mason, poison do you your know life. Anything about the movie going in? Um the only thing that I really knew about it is the reason that we chose this to begin with. Uh, October is LGBTQIA plus history month. And we chose the Babadook <laughs> solely because of the memes of the Babadook being a queer icon. He is a queer icon. It's not a meme. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix said it. Netflix just, said it yeah, themselves, is, and we trust them with anything. Yeah. Just in case... Just with uh, all movies. <laughs> just and in actors. case you... <laughs> The audience at home don't know the context of literally anything we just said. Um, in their infinite wisdom, Netflix accidentally put the Babadook under uh, LGBTQ plus movies, which just rocketed it into queer culture because everybody thought that was so funny. It is. It the, is so funny. The movie has no queer themes at, in the slightest. <laughs> I thought this. I thought this movie was really queer, honestly. Like every scene in it. Queer in the strange sense, but <laughs> we do want to get started, even though we are several minutes into the podcast. The movie starts, um, and I think like the first shot is her falling into bed. Amelia, yes. our main character. The um, the first shot is the car crash. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It, it's followed into her falling into bed, oh, and okay. kind of the same lighting. So it, like. Mm-hmm. Almost like she's just like dreaming about this yeah. all the time. Um, the car crash is, I guess it's her dream about um the day that her son was born, Samuel, who we will get into. We love Samuel. Um, but um, on the way to the hospital, her she's in a car crash with her husband, and her husband dies. Mm-hmm. So same day that her son is born, her husband dies. Uh, and, and it eats at her every day. And she handles that. Very well, and does not take it out on Samuel in the slightest. Yeah, and then the movie ends. Yeah, <laughs> it's end. just about a good time. It's just yeah. a very heartwarming movie. Through it is through. not heartwarming. Not in the slightest. Um, she she's really struggling uh, to not have her husband in her life, and like the fact that her son is a reminder of his death every day. Um, but we like sh- whenever she wakes up, I think that that's like the first time we see. Samuel immediately introduces his weapons. Mm-hmm. He's because he's like talking about protecting her. Yes. I don't know if he's like started talking about monsters yet at this point. I think probably by this point he is. Um, it's been previously established that Samuel is very, very terrified of monsters for a soon to be seven year old, which causes Amelia uh, quite a lot of strife because he is very keen on protecting his mother. You know, love him for that, even if it means just rocketing a ball through a window. Yeah. So he's doing a real bang up job on protecting he her. So many weapons. I so don't know how quite, he got them. Quite a few. Uh, a concerning amount, almost. Yeah. Um, he ends up getting not expelled from school, but he gets into trouble at school because he brought his weapons there, mm-hmm. and um, so. I think Amelia, doesn't she have to leave work where she works um, at a care home? Yes, so for the elderly. She's always t- 
taking care of people in yeah. her life. Who, um, the, the true horror is elderly care homes in this movie because just like it can be in real life, nobody there likes her. So even in her work environment, she kind of can't get any respite from the the troubles of her life, which does become very prevalent as we get later into the film. Within the context of the movie, Samuel shares a birthday party every year with his cousin Ruby. And it's implied very early in the film that this is because Amelia kind of cannot stand the thought of doing anything on that day. Obviously, the day that both her husband Oscar died and that Samuel was born. Obviously, a very tumultuous time for that family, which does get brought up, I think, by the neighbor uh, on the drive home from the park after Sam rockets himself off a swing set. Mrs. Uh, Roach. Mrs. Roach is like, I'm not going to do an impression of her because she's a very sweet old lady and I don't want to do that to her. Why not? (laughs) You should do it. No. (laughs) She is um, essentially like, I know how hard this time is for you. Like, you look really tired. And Amelia... She's offering her help to to watch Sam. Yeah. And this is when we get kind of the first inkling that Amelia is really repressing all of this. Because she's like, no, no, I'm fine. You don't have to worry about that. And just continues on about her day. Yeah, she's like fully struggling in silence. And like, people like know like that something Mm -hmm. happened to her. But like, she's not like letting anyone in about it and she's just trying to like kind of get through all her days um and and nobody really empathizes with her except mrs roach Mm -hmm. because like sure like her co-workers being very nice to her but like he's not maybe not aware of everything that's happened or Mm -hmm. anything like that yeah um and her sister is completely um dejected from the entire situation yeah um I would like to ask you guys if you guys think there is any connection between Mrs. Roach and the Babadook. Maybe we can leave this to later. Mm-hmm. I mean, but her name is Mrs. Roach. Yeah, that Ooh. that seems like a very yeah obvious thing that the right the um the director chose on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't think a, Roach is an extremely like common surname. And there's yeah. a particular scene later that I I'll, I'll touch on later because it I, I feel mean, you like kind of say what it is now. Okay. Um, when um one of the occurrences where the Babadook is visible, mm-hmm. he's behind Mrs. Roach. Yeah. Doesn't attack her. Doesn't you know? Yeah, he's just standing there to torment Emilio. She is clearly um alone. She's Mrs., so she was married She's at one point. very elderly. She's very mm-hmm. elderly. She has Parkinson's. So, you know, context can be taken from that, saying mm-hmm. that she probably had a spouse that has that has passed. Yeah. Um, Papa Duke doesn't care. And I think it might also be worth noting that um, with Sam and more Mrs. Roach in general, she is a fairly maternal figure. Yeah. Like, um, she cares for Sam a lot. She cares for Amelia a lot. She is very insistent on like, hey, I know that this is a hard time for you, so please, if there's anything that I can do to help, please let me know. Which I feel like may factor into 
the reason the Babadook takes on the appearance that we see later in the film. It is kind of, Mrs. Roach may symbolize everything that Amelia knows that she should be and can't be. Mm-hmm. I would also think that, like, maybe, and we'll definitely talk about this more, but, like, the Babadook itself is a metaphor for grief. Yeah, I, It is a manifestation yeah. not, of it. Again, not to bury the lead on this. Yeah. It is kind of very well known at this point that the Babadook is about grief. Yeah, and like what happens when you don't accept it and how it can harm you and your relationship to other people. But like thinking about like that scare, like where the Babadook is in her house, like I could fully believe that like she has struggled with her own grief. You know, she's lived her life, but she's also learned how to... um like live with it because she's just watching TV when he shows up like in mm-hmm. her house. Yeah, I'm sure like from a like just like for the horror of it, like he was just there to like scare Amelia, mm. be like, I can I'm gonna come in. Yeah, I'm in her house. I'm gonna be in your house too. It definitely made us worry that she that I thought Mrs. she was gonna, die. was gonna die. We yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm spoilers, but obviously, mm-hmm. other than the dog. This is one of the very few horror movies where no main characters die. Where well, nobody. For Oscar. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rip. Yeah. But he, he was the whole time. He was dead. Well, I mean, we saw him die. He's been dead for seven years. He has been dead for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> we know what Amelia's life is like now and how not well she's doing. Not yeah. stellar. Um, yeah, like, so Samuel's, like, super scared of monsters. They have to, like, go check, um like his under his bed and closet every day like Mm -hmm. even though i think like the babadook stuff kind of starts going like pretty soon into the story maybe like day two or day three Mm -hmm. when they read that story yeah so just like we definitely know that samuel's super scared and amelia lets samuel choose any book to read before bed and he ends up choosing the babadook which ends up being a very disturbing book Mm-hmm. about a Mr. Babadook who will come into your house and you will not be able to get rid of him. And he will, I don't know if the first version of the book shows him committing violence or just scaring the kid. It um, is just scaring. Yeah, it is just scaring. But he's terrifying in yeah. the book, honestly. The, the last lines in the book is, uh, <clears throat> and when you see what's under my funny disguise, you'll wish that you were dead. Yeah. Which comes up later. No, the book... Even though, like, it's just, like, paper, I feel like it's, like, the scariest version of the Babadook. Honestly. Like, the uh, construction of it, it's a pop-up book. Beautifully made. It's so good. Papercraft is terrifying. It's amazing, but it's so scary. Mm -hmm. Like, it scared me. I couldn't imagine being little Samuel seeing that. Like, when they finished reading it, he is sobbing. He yeah. is so scared. It immediately cuts. It immediately cuts to Amelia reading a different book and Sam just wailing. Yeah. <laughs> and that is kind of the catalyst of like everything that follows, because obviously it. Yeah. The movie everything it follows. It, follows. it manifested him. Yeah. Basically, they have kind of allowed him in by reading this book and um, immediately. Amelia's like, we're never reading this again. She puts yeah. it on a top shelf. She locks it up. Mm-hmm. It's just um, a story. She tries to console Sam. Yeah, it's just a 
book to a grown adult because yeah. it's it is a book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird book. Yeah, that somehow ended up in your house. So, my absolute homeboy in this movie, Robbie, uh, Amelia's coworker oh, yeah. at the Care Institute, uh, is like, "Oh, well, if your son's sick, just take the rest of the day off. I'll cover for you. You're good." And Amelia, finally, finally having a moment to herself, uh, does not go pick Sam up, even though Sam is not sick. Uh, he just is left with Claire. She goes to get ice cream, I think. And when she inevitably musters up the energy to come back, Claire has called her several times. And Sam is outside, just sitting on the ground. And Claire tells Amelia, yeah, he, like, freaked me and Ruby out because he was t- he was talking to this bloody Babadook all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one accent you'll get from me. It is Australian. It's an Australian horror movie, so <laughs> obligatory Australian accents. Which is when I think tensions really do start rising between Amelia and Sam. Because whenever Amelia confronts Sam about this, Sam pulls out from his pocket, uh, what are they called? Firecrackers? Firecrackers. I think so. They're the little things that you throw on the ground and they pop. Yeah. One of his many weapons. Where did he get all of these? No clue. Like Apparently she purchased them online for him. Because she seems to be a negligent mother. A little understandably, bit. Understandably. Yeah. Oh, and, so um, they do have internet in this. Yeah. We were kind of like... Well, yeah, they had a home computer. We were confused like what time period this was set in. It's really 2000s, it well, seems. that's the end of the internet. There has to be an internet in there. <laughs> um, Yeah, and I feel like that's like one of like the first times that we like fully see him like actually being like disobedient. Because mm-hmm. like she told him like, don't talk about the Babadook. Yeah. No monster talk. Don't, don't tell your Aunt Claire about this. Yeah, and then guess what he did? He went and did that. He went and told his Aunt Which, Claire. like, Samuel L. move. Tr- really? You're not doing yourself <laughs> any favors here, King. Like, people don't like people don't like Sam. Um, no. What, did you guys have any... I, we can, um, I guess we'll, we'll address the elephant in the room, which is dearest Samuel. Samuel. I understand why people don't like him. But I feel like that comes from a lot of misunderstanding because, believe it or not, Sam is seven years old. You know, (laughs) I can only speak for myself here, not you, uh, dearest listeners at home. I would hate seven-year-old me. Oh, yeah. I I think that's a universal experience. Yeah. Yeah, Like, seven-year-olds, like, aren't supposed to have it together. They're supposed to be kind of silly. It's and goofy. The terrible twos and the sucky sevens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think a lot of it because like one of the things that like before coming into like uh watching this movie and like uh deciding to like, do the podcast episode on this um I just knew that people didn't like Samuel, and people were had very strong opinions about how much they didn't like him. But like, I think that people are very unempathetic towards him and like what he's going through. Um, I don't know if at the point where he's just talking about the Babadook, did they say that he's talking to him? Yeah. They're talking to him. He, once he has read the book, 
I would like to assume that he is starting to see the Babadook in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that kind of comes from, like, since the Babadook is grief, Samuel's whole life, he has been surrounded by this grief that his mother, like, hasn't really explained to him what that is. Like, he's he just doesn't know what grief feels like and what it does to people. He has inherited mm-hmm. grief, which yeah. is something you can't yeah. really solve or it, work it's, with because it's not part of your reality at all. It's no. it's just something you It's like more have. of a feeling. It's a, yeah. it's a very strange type of grief where and I can talk a little bit like to this personally where um if either somebody who should be important to you dies before you are born or before you are really like cognizant it's grieving somebody you have never met which is an extremely strange experience yeah like um my maternal grandfather i was alive when he was alive but was very young and i would get told these stories about him and be like wow like, no. this guy existed. Yeah, this is somebody that was very important to the people in my life mm-hmm. that I don't really remember. Yeah. Which is, I can definitely empathize with Sam on yeah, that aspect. Yeah, it's his dad yeah. who he doesn't have. And, like... My grandfather is see- not like my father. He, like, sees everyone, like, with dads, and he ends up getting bullied for it yeah. by his cousin, Ruby. Ruby is, like, the real villain here. Ruby is the true Ruby villain. Sucks. Ruby sucks. <laughs> Does Ruby have a dad? You never see him. You never see him. I mean, he's probably but just he's in, probably implied. at his job. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They are. It's a it, birthday it's party. That Ruby is very mm-hmm. is in a very wealthy, a uh, well off family. Yeah, and like all the people like at their birthday party later on. It's not their birthday party. It's only Ruby's because Ruby doesn't want to share it anymore with mm-hmm. Sam. Which valid? I gotta give her. Yeah, that one. like that yeah. makes sense. When your cousin starts talking about monsters, it's a little like I wouldn't want to share a birthday. With this weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just talking about how much we, like, hey, everyone's too mean no, to say. No, I'm pretending that I'm seven-year-old Ruby. That's fair. Yeah. If I have my cousin yeah. who, like. He's just talking nonsense. Like, talking yeah. nonsense about a monster and scaring me. I'm like, I don't want to hang out with him. Right. Mm-hmm. He has no dad, too. I'm going to so, bully him for that. I yeah. guess that's the perfect segue into, I would say, one of my favorite scenes of the movie. The birthday party scene Woo. and everything that happens after it. Which is the most of the movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, like, two parts to it. It's, like, the first bit is, like, they're all inside and talking, and it's mm-hmm. more focused on, like, how Amelia doesn't feel connected to anyone. Even, like, it's, like, all women, mothers around her age. She's mm-hmm. the only one who's seated, and, like, they, like, really, like, isolate her and bring up, they bring up Oscar, right? Yeah, yep. they do. I don't remember what they say. Um, one person that. mentions being at a, like, working for a shelter for um, disadvantaged women. And she was like, well, yeah, um, you know, you can swing by. And then she starts talking about not being able to go to the gym. And Amelia kind of, like, snaps at that moment. And is like, that must be so hard for you, not being able to go to the gym. You know, uh... We literally just talked about my dead husband. Yeah. So that must have truly like, sucked for like, you. Yeah, you look like you remind me of the people who I work with at this shelter, mm-hmm. and like trying to be helpful in like the most condescending, isolating, way condescending way yeah. possible. Like it, 
it really it makes Amelia feel way more isolated. Like the people who she should be around, who she yeah. should fit in with, she fundamentally can't. Mm -hmm. right. And she fundamentally can't in a way because of her son. And it doesn't help that they don't like her son either. The yeah. same way audiences don't like Samuel, most people in the movie don't like Samuel. Amelia doesn't really like Samuel. Though she will never admit that. Yeah, because you can't. Because yeah. like that's because well, she son. loves Samuel. Yeah, but she doesn't really like him. She doesn't <laughs> like him, and she doesn't like that she has him over Oscar. It, that's mm -hmm. definitely like the main thing she's grappling with. Mm -hmm. Um, this is actually an aspect that I think really comes out in full force in the birthday scene that I haven't really touched on. Uh, kind of like I said in our introductory episode, which if you have not listened, go listen. But after you finish this one. <laughs> the use of color in this movie is wonderful because it is so ungodly drab. And during the birthday party scene, literally every single adult is wearing black. And the only pop of color is Amelia, who has a black overcoat on this, like, kind of faded pink pink slip dress, essentially. Which I've seen some analysis of this, which is, one, she's wearing her grief, even if she's trying to mask it under this veneer of the perfect mother, a.k.a. the pink slip. But also, like, whenever you think of a single mother, Amelia's outfit is what you think of. Like, it is, like I said, it's faded. It's kind of frail. It is bog-standard feminine. She is essentially putting on this costume of a mom where <laughs> she's just masking every single thing that is catastrophic in her life right now. But, like, the masking doesn't work that it doesn't, well. She looks which, like a mess. Which is why probably from a, a character design standpoint the black is on top. Like she's trying to keep it in and this gets brought up in a later section of the same scene. She is like well it's not affecting me even though it very clearly is. Mm -hmm. Which is why this movie is so clever and I like it so, so much. Good. Um, one thing that like I wanted to bring up all the colors that I read about. Um, apparently, like, if I understood correctly, they did, like, minimal, if not any, color correcting in this movie. Oh. Where, like, all of, like, the shots, like, and, like, the colors that you get is, like, just what the ca camera picked up. It's, mm -hmm. so, like, the drabness of it. That's just what Australia looks like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is both, like, an extremely smart, like, cost-cutting move, but it also adds to the movie, which is why... I'm just, like, so attracted to these indies or indie-type movies that are low-budget and still manage to do something yeah, amazing. Like, Definitely not low-budget, but, like... It was... I mean... $2,000 is kind of low-budget for... Two million. Two, uh, two not $2,000. $2,000. <laughs> $2,000 really is definitely so impressive. Like, a very little amount for, yeah. for a movie. And um, but. it was crowdfunded. And got some wow. Australian Which, government um, money. I can actually uh, huh. briefly touch on this. Ooh. Spoilers. Um... There was a film company that was going to fund the movie with the caveat that the Babadook was killed at the end. And uh, Jennifer, so Kent, Jennifer Kent, the director, said, no, that's not the story I'm trying to tell, which is why she went for like government grant money and public funding for this film so she could 
essentially get out the story she wanted to tell, yeah. which I really God respect. Bless that. Australia. Absolutely. I I don't understand that. A lot of execs kind of think that people want that. Honestly, that mm-hmm. like a a resolution mm-hmm. to a movie because they tend to have that influence with things. Um, yeah, like there's so many. Not so many times, but like whenever I've seen like notable examples of like endings being changed to appeal to like more audiences, it's always worse. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen um, Little Shop of Horrors and know about its two endings? Yes. Um, one of the endings, and this is like the theatrical ending, is them just moving to a suburb together mm-hmm. and the other one is like an insane world domination plan and that yeah. one is so much more fun to watch i want to say that um the original ending not the theatrical one is the one that the stage play had good i think as it should it's like so much more effective and like i i think that people are sometimes afraid to have like a unconventional ending and i do think that the babadook did have an unconventional ending. For a horror movie, definitely. Like, I did not expect it to end the way it did. But, like, I think that for its themes, that really was the most effective thing. Mm-hmm. So, Samuel is with Ruby? Yes. In yes. Ruby's treehouse. And Boo. Boo, Ruby. Boo, no Ruby. And Ruby, is Ruby saying, like, get out of my treehouse or yeah. something? Like, nobody likes you. Just... You have no dad. Very mean to Samuel, emphasizing that she doesn't have that well, Samuel doesn't British. have a dad. Was British, um, and obviously, I mean, when someone is very mean to you, your immediate response is to get either sad or angry. Yeah. Sam gets angry and he pushes her out of the treehouse, and it's out of the treehouse, and a little bit of a continuity issue. She fell backwards and she broke her nose. Yeah, she felt like when they she, showed her, she was on her front and I'm like I think she did like a family guy fall where it was like <laughs> I can only assume that, you know, she did like an, an aerial tuck. Yeah. She was doing flips in the air as she was falling. I hope so. <laughs> That'd be so funny. I wish they showed that scene, but uh Triple Axel. They didn't have the budget for it. Yeah. They also couldn't just throw a little girl off of a tree <laughs> out. Probably not. <laughs> what do you mean? They just switched to like What's wrong with that? They just switched to like a stunt man, just in a little wig. A full size, full grown man. A grown man. <laughs> a grown man. We can actually touch on that later, whenever we get oh, to yeah. more general yeah. trivia whenever about this movie. Whenever the uh, the Babadook uh, fully manifests. Yeah, but, but he's um, not here yet. Um, only in Samuel's mind. One thing that happens very slightly before and kind of during the confrontation scene it's in the going back house and forth. is um. Amelia is talking to Claire, kind of away from the other mothers, and she's expressing her frustrations about, like, I'm over this. I don't bring it up anymore. I don't talk about it, but, like, everybody still keeps bothering me with it. And we were all literally sitting in our our little cubbies watching this movie, being like, girl, that's not how it works. That's how you process grief. Textbook definition of not handling it. Probably at this point, before, like, the Babadook has shown up, therapy could have solved this. Probably could have. Like, I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be like, this movie's so stupid, she should have just gone therapy. But she should have just gotten therapy. She should have just Yeah, like, therapy. definitely the biggest solution, but, like, realistically, that is an experience that so many people have. I mean, they maybe, just don't Maybe we just 
more so accepted therapy nowadays. That's yeah. true. It's very recent development. Nearly 10 years ago mm-hmm. at this point. Really scary to think about. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't think people were as, like, willing to talk about, like, their mental health and, like, their grief and, like, willing to admit when they're not doing well. Because mm-hmm. Amelia can't admit it the yeah. whole movie. And maybe yeah. maybe the culture in Australia is even, you know, it could be a little bit more strict about that kind of about mm-hmm. that kind of thing a little more conservative about your emotions yeah definitely um we definitely don't have the authority to talk on that too much i've never yeah. been to australia no. oh so on the way home from the birthday party is, Ooh, this is juicy um the first time that like i guess we can confirm that samuel is seeing the babadook um he's like having a tantrum in the car kicking on her seat and screaming mommy in the way that he does um it's very, I don't I don't know what the right way to say this is, but like it makes me want to pull out my hair, like mm-hmm. the way that he screams and cries for her, which is why people which, don't like her, which is like, like him. Extremely effective, because it puts you, like, so much of I this film. I feel like her, I feel like driving off a bridge. It puts you immediately in her shoes about, like, the camera work, the sound design, how loud he is screaming, that kind of unique thing that can sometimes happen when you're really overstimulated dealing with a child, which is what she yells, why can't you just be normal? Mm-hmm. Which is a funny line, but also extremely what, tragic. Like, you went into the movie saying, you're like, I yes, know one line from this I know, movie. Why can't you just why be normal? Why can't you just be normal? And then shrieks. <laughs> it was only in subtitles, so I didn't know what it actually sounded like. Was it all it was, you hoped it It was just been? as magical as I hoped it'd yeah. be. Iconic line, um, but then the I guess the Babadook is in the co- in the back seat with him, and he just starts not having tantrum anymore. He is just terrified, and he ends up having a seizure where mm-hmm. he's, they said his brain overheated. Yeah. I guess some kind of condition like that. And mm-hmm. we don't see the Babadook. We don't no. see anything next to him. So all that we can assume as a viewer, um. I mean, watching a horror movie, you assume that the Babadook is real, yeah. but like, you you assume that Sam is seeing things like that crazy. are not real, yeah. Because um, I mean, he's been seeing monsters, you know, for as long as we've known him in the story. I would like to note that Sam only like physically sees the Babadook for the first time after Amelia first snaps at him. Oh yeah, and yells, "Why can't you just be normal?" And I feel like that's kind of the catalyst where. Especially during this point in the film, I feel like the Babadook kind of represents what Amelia is going to turn into if she does not deal with this. Mm-hmm. Because that's the first time that she like really raised her voice at him throughout this film. I also, I think that like the way that the Babadook is in- invisible to her until a certain point in the movie, but visible to Samuel the whole time. Like, I think it also shows, like, her repression and the way that she ignores her grief over Mm -hmm. the death of Oscar. But Samuel, as I mentioned earlier, is living it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, whenever you said that, like, the first time he shows up to that extent that Sam is in, like, literal medical danger because of it, Mm -hmm. um, like... 
it shows like the fear that he has over this grief that he doesn't understand and he doesn't and he's so scared of like why doesn't my mom think I'm normal? What is wrong? Mm-hmm. Cuz there's just so much stuff going on in his life that he just does not understand. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Definitely. From this seizure that he has, they go to the doctor and this is yep. when um Amelia begs the doctor for sedatives mm-hmm. so that to put him to sleep. Yeah. Because she has not been able to sleep. He has been badgering her. Yeah. Relentlessly. Literally every single night he has been like going into her room uh, at a certain point interrupting some personal time. The poor woman. <laughs> That's where Amelia kind of breaks down to the doctor and is like, my son, he's troubled. <laughs> gets him a psychiatrist appointment and just begs like before just until we get the test results in can you please give us some sedatives he will not sleep i like i am at my wits end right now and the doctor relents and prescribes uh sam a round of sedatives that have various side effects that i feel like might kind of characterize the latter half of this film Depending yeah. on how literally we want to take the Babadook within the fiction. I mean, like, what does... Just tired and hungry. <laughs> is it, like, nauseous? Nausea is one of them. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the other uh, side effects were. Drowsiness. Drowsiness. Yeah. Which does definitely come up later. Yeah. Like, I feel like the second half of the movie, even though, like, it's scary, it also has, like, a weird, like, laziness and, like, it kind of, like is drawn out yeah. a lot. Like, it's just, like, a lot of them, like... Tastefully drawn out. Hanging yeah. around the house, being tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels... Hanging out together. It feels sluggish. Like, I'm... Yeah. I can That's only describe it. It is the movie equivalent of waking up after a nap and still being tired, but, like, a specific mm. brand of tired. It's like when you go to sleep, like, after school, and, like, you wake up, and it's, like... 6 p.m. and you feel weird. You just feel awful. Yeah. And like especially if it's a time of year where it's starting to get dark again and you're like... That's what this movie yeah. feels like. <laughs> Waking um, up when it's dark, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, it's like the sun's going down. Yeah. It is an incredibly disorienting movie. But mm-hmm. the next most like influential scene is later that night the book is back. Yeah. And after we actually failed to acknowledge this. Is this what it comes back from the, because Sam has it again at some point. Yeah. Yes, I'm not quite Um, sure if it's before the party or after. The dresser that is in Sam's room uh, during a previous scene that we haven't touched on, uh, it topples over, scares the living daylights out of him for a nicer way of putting it. And uh, where Amelia had put the book, it was now laying on the ground. She rips it up. Mm-hmm. Throws it away. Yes. Now, she goes to the door. And guess it's what's on her on. doorstep? Yes. The yep. door is, is knocked. The three knocks? Three knocks. And she opens the door. And there sits a reassembled book with a few new pages. Tastefully edited. <laughs> Tastefully so edited. He was The Babadook was like, thank you so much for your feedback. I have decided to uh, make a revised edition. Decided. You're in the story now. Yeah. It's this, not just a kid anymore. To quote Nicki Minaj, uh, this the remix. 
It's like one of those Wattpad stories where you have like your name in it. Yes, it was literally. This book was a a Y slash N story note. with Amelia. I'm gonna I'm gonna terrify and uh, possess and murder Y slash N. So she she opens this book and we see the same few pages, but then they're taped back together. Oh yeah, it's like taped glued. It's like the most. You know, jigsawed way back together. It was art. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's good at what he does. He's so good. So she opens the book, and obviously, like we said, there's a couple more pages. She flips to them. They are a depiction of a woman. First, um, being subsumed by the Babadook. Next page, um, is next page strangling... The dog. Yes. Yeah. Their sweet, sweet dog. Best actor in the Hachi. movie. Hachi. Hachi. That's the actor. The, oh, the dog's name Bugsy. is Bugsy. Dog's name is Bugsy. Oh, yeah. In the, in the film. Second second bug name, Miss Roach and Bugsy. 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 I didn't even think about that. Ooh. You didn't? No. I, oh. I Honestly, I didn't even notice the Miss Roach thing until after. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. I only noticed Miss Roach until like we were talking about it, but I'm like, Bugsy? Bugsy. That's very, true. very strong bug motifs throughout those. Yeah. Yes. And we'll see that even further with the Babadook. Yeah. Um, so she is reading this book, and it, it's depicting a woman. Probably, and I mean, we can only assume it's it's her. It's implied her to be Amelia strangling her dog Bugsy, and then she flips to the next page. She is strangling. slitting, strangling, stra- strangling. No, I think she has a knife. She that's has a knife, in, but she is strangling her son Samuel. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then in the last page, she is slitting her own throat. Oh. Yeah. Which again, flair for the dramatic with the little red ribbon coming down. Oh. Yeah, this is a pop-up book. No. This is all like his crafts, like are so good. I'm so envious, to be honest. Yeah. And another important thing to note that appears in the book is the line, "The more you deny, the stronger I get." Which you know, he's already got more effects in his book. Mm-hmm. He's already stronger in his arts and craft skills. Yep. Uh, he's also gonna get stronger in his manifesting into. Her home skills. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that line also rings pretty true about her. Her grief. Her grief. Yeah. yeah. If you deny your grief, it's just going to keep building. Keep and going mm-hmm. and going. you more. Just a very core tenant of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If The more you deny it, the worse it's going to get. Um, and boy, I always said boy George. Boy George. <laughs> and by Joe, does it get worse? Yeah. Um, she tries to go to the police. But yeah. she's already not, burned the book. Not before yes. she gets a call from who she initially thought to be Claire. And over the phone, you hear. Ba, 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 I'm not going to do the entire thing. It's you, the Babadook. Off. <laughs> I was. His voice is so scary to me. Duk, duk. Like, it's I don't know what it is about it. I thought, I honestly. Whenever I hear like a phone call from like a you know a horror character, I assume it's gonna be cringy because it's gonna be like I'm gonna get you or get something, you. or it's just like somebody breathing on the other right end. Now. Yeah. What's um, your favorite scary I'm movie? I'm gonna gut you like a fish, or whatever he says. <laughs> but no, it's just this like gut wrenching like just sound of like almost a door knocking. Ba ba duk duk, and it's. I would honestly say that's probably when I was damn near pooping my pants. 
truly. Like in like the early scares in this movie get me so much more than the later ones. <laughs> it is heightening and heightening and it does not let you go. Mm-hmm. Like it um that is actually something that I would like to point out in this yeah. exact scene that I kind of saw some analysis of in doing research to record this episode where during the time that this came out it was again like a lot of people that wanted to be the conjuring the conjuring is a franchise that doesn't solely rely on but pretty heavily implements the jump scare and um so amelia's on the phone she puts it down walks out of frame long shot of just an out of focus living room where if this was a different movie you'd see something Nothing happens. She comes back to the phone and answers it. And then the Babadook things happen, which is, again, part of why I love this movie so much, because it toys with your expectations, especially during this time of the genre. You would expect a jump scare to happen. And Absolutely. it didn't. And there's like. And I'm just even more no scared now. jump scares in this movie. Really, really? No. not. Which like I was kind of disappointed by. Not me. I, I was that. I was waiting for a jump scare. I was like, I need this tension to be paid off. I need to get scared. But that's what's so good about it is because I walked home scared shitless. <laughs> I, that's the reason I wouldn't stop talking on the way home. I just... <laughs> Anytime I saw anybody who was like in shadow. In a hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a long yeah, coat. Yeah, everybody long stilettos. You know, as they do in... <laughs> um. 2023. Yeah, right on Hillsborough Street. <laughs> oh. Just really long acrylics. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> She's eating it up. Third, third, she third example of the Bubba Duke being gay. Those nails. Those, Those nails. nails. Come on now. They're so they're so well manicured. Honestly. I was I, expecting like some was, kind of like usage of those nails, like I, some kind of stabbing, you know? There was a lot of yeah. face rubbing. Oh yeah. It was a lot of face rubbing. And like which I would say is face rubbed by like long talons like that. Honestly, I feel like that would, that would cure me. Directly hurt anybody? No. Did he? He like he um, possessed, he, he possessed Amelia. Yeah, but like oh, that's yeah. why uh, he did throw Sam around, but that's yeah. you don't see him do that. The Babadook does never touches anyone. Mm-hmm. He's just an, like an ethereal. Yeah. But at this point in the story, we have not yet physically yeah. seen him. Um, so we have the phone call. So we've heard him, definitely, and yeah. Sam has seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, Amelia tries to go to the police, but they can't do anything about it because, like, she d- she got rid of the book, and I forget, like, why the call doesn't really matter. Um, I think she didn't want to say what it was because it sounds, I mean, it does sound ridiculous. Yeah, and, like, they all also, kind of, like, they all laugh at her. Yeah, to, people in the background laugh at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of the reason that she doesn't go any further with it is because hanging on the wall is a top hat and a long trench coat. Yeah. And this is probably a great time to talk about the top hat and the trench coat. Let's talk about the top hat and the trench coat. Yes, because that is a thing that keeps coming up. We've seen it a few times around just like hanging up somewhere. On mannequins. Mm -hmm. I think. In the basement. I think in the basement, Oscar had a hat and a trench coat that's. Part of his performance, yeah, but probably like the biggest one is Samuel loves magic, yes, and he likes putting on shows. Um, and like part of like Amelia's like depression is that like 
she doesn't always want to give him the attention for it. Yeah. Um, it probably happened earlier in this point, but um, Samuel was doing magic shows in the basement with a picture of mm-hmm. his dad and mom. Yeah. Um, and magicians, the top hat and the coat. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've seen his um. The one on TV. Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about, um, about this before we started recording. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah. The... So I can't remember what the the illusionist's name is, but um, Samuel is very obsessed with watching this one CD of a magician that he, like, quotes, he tries to embody, essentially. And a piece of analysis that I found really poignant about this is in the absence of Oscar in his life, this man on a recording is kind of the only paternal figure that Sam has, which is probably why the costuming of the Babadook and this magician are so similar. They're both wearing a top hat. They're both wearing a long cloak. Probably not the nails. (laughs) We don't see, but. But he is, he, he watches it incessantly, repeats what the magician says and is now in the basement. Very treacherous. Yeah. Very treacherous. Very treacherous. He's now reenacting this for stuffed animals and for photos of his parents. Um, and he has all of his father's stuff around him. And obviously, uh, magic can get a little loud. So um, Amelia goes down there. Mm-hmm. And she does not appreciate that he has all of Oscar's things strewn around the basement. Mm-hmm. And this is another time she kind of snaps at him yeah um and you can see because she sends him upstairs she's cleaning up the basement she's holding all of these things to her chest she has clearly not handled anything she just put all of his stuff down in the basement and like she's doing a great job of handling all of those yes just shove it all down there like um, don't need to deal with it just shoving it down also with oscar's violin she literally goes and cradles it in bed so she's She's doing a real bang-up job She's on this whole grieving thing. that violin more than she does her own son. Honestly. Because um, one of the shots that I really enjoyed at the beginning of the film that kind of immediately established the dynamic that would happen between Amelia and Sam is when Sam first crawls into bed and they're, like, both going to sleep. There's a sizable distance between them two. She, like, turns yeah. around. She away literally turns away from Sam. on the edge of the bed away from him. Yeah. To be fair, she, Sam does go to, like, grab her. Yeah. Like, her hair and stuff. So, yeah, like, he's, like, kind of, like... I'll probably do that, too. To be honest. Hugging, like, really hard around her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, comes up later. Yeah. Um, but kids so do that quite a bit. They're, like, they just go, like, monkey mode, and they yeah. kind of, like, latch on. As we all do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we just go monkey mode. Sometimes yeah. you gotta go monkey mode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that sticks... As like a through line on the podcast. We just so, go monkey mode. And now it's we time just... for them to go monkey mode. <laughs> so the Babadook is about to go monkey, monkey mode. The, you are extremely good at segments. Because is it... that night the Babadook strikes <laughs> for the first time. Ba-ba. This is the first time that Amelia actually sees the Babadook, which is where we can kind of get into the bug imagery. Ooh. So she hears the knocking and then the door creaks open and out from it skittering across the ceiling like a cockroach. A cockroach. A cockroach (laughs) is the Babadook. Yes. And kind of 
in a fun mirror of Samuel in like childhood, she hides under the blankets. And then when she peeks out, that's when she lets it in. Well, I think that didn't it knock earlier? Like it knocked three times at the door. Mm -hmm. So like she like already let it in, but like now like it's actually like in her. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is when she starts. She breathed it in. (laughs) She did. It's inside her now. And like. I would say this is kind of like uh, planting the seed of the Babadook because this is when she starts like her downward spiral in earnest, but it doesn't actually fully get in until a later scene. Yeah, that, we'll that kind of like, confused me a bit. And like, I will say like probably this first like more horror bit I was super on board for, but like at a certain point I kind of just like felt like I was like they're just like doing the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought that this was, like, when the Babadook was let in, but she doesn't get, like, fully possessed by it until later. Yeah. Um, which is kind of confusing to me. But, well, she's um, got to keep denying it. This yeah. is This is the time that it first starts to slip. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, this is the first seeing of the Babadook, and I, I really like what they do with his crawling across the ceiling. It's so cool. They like cut frames out or something. Um, yeah, they did it like stop motion. Oh, okay. So, I was reading about it, and I hope I can find it in time. Um, yes, kind of. So, yeah, if it if that scene specifically was like not an actual actor, like if it was like them just like moving around something in some way, like a stop motion, which they did use stop motion. Um, it's so cool, and they have like I don't know like what kind of bug it is, like I don't know, cricket or a cicada. I I should know my bugs better, but mm. like he's just moving around in yeah. that very jagged way across the it, ceiling, making these scary bug noises. It sounds like the the skittering of a cockroach. A cockroach. He could, <laughs> and like we see some cockroaches later. So like yeah. Um, there's a there's a bug through line. This whole time I've been like trying to think about like what the bugs like represent and mean, and like my best guess is that it's just like a pest. Mm-hmm. Like the Babadook is a pest that it's, it's an infestation essentially. Yeah, like no matter how mu- how hard you try, like they're just gonna keep coming back. I feel like just like having like the bug sound and like having more bugs that actually end up like there's like an infestation in the house yeah. at some point um mm-hmm. he just, is an infestation it makes yeah. my skin crawl yeah. like yeah. thinking about having all I these bugs around I like i don't do bugs it does i like the idea of them and like a different another movie that uses a lot of bug imagery Coraline. true That's exactly i love I their thinking. use of bugs in it mm-hmm. and like but they definitely take it in a very different direction in that movie Mm-hmm. Um. So, I've just been thinking about this whole time, like all the bug stuff, because um, we definitely see it here for the first time, him as a bug, and we also see his face. Yeah. Which I don't like his face. He looks much. a little silly, goofy. He to does be look honest, a little silly, goofy. He looks better in the storybook. In form. the storybook. But I mean, you can't just like slap that on an actor and just kind of hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Animation is always better than your, yeah. you know, your live action. And if mm-hmm. you're doing it practically with your small budget, I can let it slide that I don't really, because we don't really see his face much. He drops, we his face like drops down onto 
Amelia's point of view that we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that was like the closest thing I think we got to a jump scare. Yeah. And like, but even then, it was it like, wasn't that effective. It was. I was just like, oh, set up. Cool. He kind of he kind of looks silly. Because you knew that he was gonna attack. He was literally on the ceiling. Yeah, he was but... crawling up. He's gotta mm-hmm. gotta make his presence known. So this is the time in the film that Amelia goes from a bad mom to a horrible mom. <laughs> Yeah, she's um starting to lose it. Yeah. She um she looks awful throughout this movie. She looks so haggard. I don't know what they do to this poor woman, but like they they make her look like they killed her husband in real life. She's it, so stressed. It looks like before every scene they just tossed her down some stairs. <laughs> Didn't we say that it looks like they shook her? Yes, I said <laughs> that it looks like they took her by the shoulders and shook her before every shot. It's like, okay, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. You're ready. This fluffed her up <laughs> like a pillow. Oh my and God. especially as we get on with it in the movie, like it goes from this kind of obvious but somewhat masked shittiness of how <laughs> she looks, for lack of a more eloquent way of putting it, to just looking like she has not showered in several she days. She probably hasn't. Other than the bath. This is, oh yeah, I don't. Which, that's not really cleaning. No, no, she's, she's just, just kind of sitting in clothes in a warm bath. Mm-hmm. And like very ca- indicative of like a depressive yeah. state. I yeah. kind of thought that that was like cause I thought that the Babadook was like possessing her at this point, which I was wrong about. I was kind of thinking about like this like, creature trying to like, get warmed up. Just yeah. getting in it and it's like it's hey, like a water bug. Like, mm-hmm. Picking up Sam, putting him in the bath, but she's well, just like clothes on. cooking him. No, that's not Turning what happens. Him into soup. Yeah. Soup. Um, <laughs> she is like fully like yelling at him now. Yeah, and like I think that she like starts to like see herself doing violent things to him and getting like really freaked out about that. Yeah, she um is like up late watching TV. One they're day. in like a fugue state at this point. Like yeah. they're both so tired. They're, yeah, they're tired. She's constantly they're... giving him sedatives. Yeah, throughout this and whole. It is period. implied that she has taken some of the sedatives too. Yes. Like, um, when they first get diagnosed, there is literally a scene of her, like, floating down gently into her bed. The same way that she did at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So, the implication to that to me is she is uh, popping those pills mm-hmm. like candy. Um, She finds, like, a behind, like, the, her fridge that there's, like, a hole in the wall where a bunch of cockroaches are coming out of. Mm-hmm. Like an absurd amount. Not like... So yeah. many. Like... She is frantically cleaning the fridge now. Yeah. Trying there to, There are like, cockroaches. Yeah. So now all this food's out on the counter. She is gloves, mopping, everything. Yeah. Knock at the door. Yeah, perhaps the worst time. Yes. And- It's CPS. Obviously- Literally. Whatever the Australian equivalent of CPS is. She's been getting knocks, and those usually haven't been good. Yeah. Because it was the book before. This one isn't mm-hmm. good. This one's not good either. But this but is at a, least it's not the Babadook. This is a mundane type of not good. I don't know if I'd rather get CPS at my door or the Babadook, especially if like. I'd rather get CPS. Well, I get a fun pop-up book out of the Babadook, so. Yeah, and then you die. Yeah, but all I get is you some don't stupid have to papers. Die. You just wish you were. You just wish you would die. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. So this is the part where Sean walks out on us. Yeah, this is when it becomes a duo podcast. <laughs> so CPS is here. She opens the door. 
it's two government officials. They come in and they're being very vague about everything. They're like, yeah. we need to discuss things. You know, we've got some paperwork for you. Because yeah, Sam hasn't been in school for uh, long, a yes. few weeks at this I don't think it was. No, maybe a week. I think it was two weeks at the end of the film. Okay. But it it's was been a couple days. Basically. It was enough time to be concerning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, they walk in and they have a quick little chit chat with Sam, who is, um, what's a good way of putting this? Under the influence. Under the influence. Kind of a snitch. And, and a little <laughs> bit out of it. No, it looks so bad for Amelia because yeah. she's like, Literally. oh. He's on sedatives right now and not yeah, in yeah. school. Literally, like the worst time yeah. that CPS could come to and this she house. she has to explain. Like, well, perhaps hey. not the worst, considering what happens later. But <laughs> She has to explain like, hey, these are from a doctor. Yeah. They're not hearing any of it because obviously she looks like a negligent mother. Yeah. And then they go into the kitchen and she's like, I'm sorry. I've I been was... cleaning up this hole in the wall. The, the, oh, what right hole in the wall? Yeah, and there's no hole in the wall. Bob. 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 <laughs> and obviously now the CPS are like, okay, we um, we know what's happening. So they give her paperwork and, and they leave. And then Sam snitches again. Again. Because uh, he literally <laughs> like tells them, I feel nauseous because I'm supposed to take these medicines with food. And she hasn't been feeding me. <laughs> so this is the I threw up. Literally oh, yeah. the I threw up. He looks like it so, so much. He looks awful. And like all the food is like on the counter. All of it's going bad yeah. now. Mm. And some of the meals that they're eating, I don't know if it's like, maybe I'm just not very cultured, but wow. it looks very drab. And is that like an indication of their socioeconomic status? Or is that just like to keep Everything as Pantone as possible. <laughs> Probably both. Like we can't mess up the colors of this shot. Yeah, we need the most they were literally just eating slop. bread and white like soup. White untoasted kind of bread and soup. Yeah, it with was like gl- tan soup, but like Ugh. still. With glass in it. There yes. is glass in it. So I don't remember when exactly this happens, but there is glass in her soup. It happens, I think, after first reading the book. Yes, and it is... Obviously like... driven them to paranoia of eating anything in their house. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that, like, the way that, like, the scene, like, was set up, that, like, she thinks that Sam put it in there. Right, because mm-hmm. she had just yelled at him earlier. And she had, like, yeah. went away for a second and came back, and there's, like, there's glass in only hers. Yeah. I think, I think she fishes some out of Sam's, too. I, th- I thought that nope, she, like, she looked clean. for it, oh. but didn't find it, but then she found more in her own. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they don't really... I think we can just assume that she thought that, but now obviously she's being stalked by this Baba yeah. Duke figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe she just assumes that um, it's his fault. There is a, a bit of interim with her snapping at Sam, then apologizing and trying to make it up to him, and then snapping and apologizing, and um, she's trying her hardest to like be this good mother, even though she is very clearly losing it. Like she's like, we could have ice cream for dinner. Is that when the um, like he comes to her, to her bedroom and she's like laying depressed in bed? Yeah, you can go eat shit. <laughs> oh my god, no! I I hated this scene, but like not in like a it was so bad, but it was like a oh god, Oof. yeah, you can't say like that. 
Mm-hmm. He's so hungry. Yeah. And he is on, it was specified earlier in the film, this sedative medication must be taken with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he is, he's just going he's through like, it. He's like, I yeah. want to take it because you want me to, but I'm so hungry. Could you make me something? And she. Like, oh my God, do you ever stop talking? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, this made me feel bad in like yeah. the seven-year-old in me. I'm like, oh my god, and like she apologizes, and like that's when like they go out to eat, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and like they're like next to like a birthday party. Yeah, yeah a bunch of rowdy kids. Not helping. Yeah, with another single mother, I noticed, but that could just be, yeah. yeah I don't know if that's more like, um, just this coincidence. Is, you but... should have the energy for this. You should be able to do this, and like your yeah, son just... should have friends wanting to celebrate his birthday, driving mm-hmm. her down even more. But you don't, because you're such a bad mother. Yeah, and so, so he's fed, and then yeah. they head back home. And and then on the drive, yeah, she. Oh yeah, she kind of she uh, loses it. Loki, uh, freaks TF out mm-hmm. and crashes her car <laughs> into another dude's car, and then drives away. Yay! And this really man does tell her he's a she's a bad mom as well. Yeah. <laughs> Because nobody will stop calling her a bad mother. I mean, yeah, it's probably a bad thing to do to do a hit I mean, and run with a yes. child in your car. Absolutely, but she is haunted by a demon, so we can give her a little bit of a break. I, I'm going to rag on this man a little bit, because I feel like seeing a child in the car would be my indication to be like, okay, be nice. let's let up a bit, yep. because there is a young child in the back of this car, and I don't want to yell at his mom in front of him. Let's solve things a little bit more Some diplomatically. Yeah. think that way about children. That's true. Some of them like will not like want to protect them uh from things and like I don't I I think this movie kind of advocates in a way to like not shield everything from your children. Mm-hmm. Cuz like if you do that is you yeah. repress it. Right. But then also like with like the making yell. of the movie Th- this is something that we were going to touch on. Yeah, they yeah. We're very protective of the actor for um, Samuel Noah Wiseman, as I read here. Um, from what I read, the director, um, Jennifer Kent, wanted an older boy, mm-hmm. probably like around like eight or nine, uh, just because like they would be like more able to like handle filming like a horror movie. Right. But um, they ended up choosing um, Wiseman because because he looked innocent. Like whenever mm, they yeah. were trying to work with older boys, they were all very like knowing yeah. about it. They were actors. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like Samuel, like he's just so innocent. He has like these like big old eyes that like you just stare at and you're like, "Wow, you're so tiny and unknowing." Yeah. Um so when they were filming the movie, they had to be very careful about how the how much they told him what it was about. Because it's a very like traumatizing movie for a child to be a part of. Yeah, no, it's like so realistic. And like the funny thing is, is the actor's parents are both psychologists. Work. Huh. So like that's like one thing that kind of like attributed. They're like he's like so innocent because like his parents like knew how to like how it would affect a kid to ex- like expose them to certain things at certain ages so um like and this is probably why they didn't show the babadook more 
especially mm-hmm. with Samuel, yeah, to not scare him, yeah. And so, like any scenes that like Samuel is being yelled at, they do an adult stand-in. Yeah, they mm-hmm. so they never have a scene or, where it's both of them in frame. Sam is being yelled, or mm-hmm. yeah, Samuel's being yelled at, and Amelia's yelling. It's always cutting between the mm-hmm. two, which is extremely like conscientious of them to do because even if it's films even if it is acting like you don't want to expose a child to this yeah. Yeah, especially as, as, for some young. things that are being said like, like gooey shit movies, yeah like, and i think that directors are being called out for it more now and being praised for when they do a good job yeah. mm-hmm. at taking care of their actors you're still working with human beings yeah, yeah but ultimately some directors will treat their actors horribly it's a power thing yeah especially Mm -hmm. like in horror they'll justify it be like oh like to get them into like the the to make it more realistic to make it more realistic to like have you feel like more isolated to have you feel more paranoid or anything Mm -hmm. like that but like the care that they went to like take care of this kid Mm -hmm. like i think it's really commendable the uh absolutely the quote that i heard was to get the like upset reaction shots out of him what jennifer kent would tell Wiseman is uh to do my best impression i'm gonna throw your legos in the river <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine like this little kid hearing them be like no, no! <laughs> it's like how like if you tell a kid like they're gonna like delete their minecraft account or something you no! you stole all their robux or something literally <laughs> Definitely, like, if this movie was made nowadays, the level that Amelia is emotionally neglectful, of course he would have an iPad. Of yes, course. absolutely. But, I mean, they're not very well off, so maybe he wouldn't. But who knows? I don't know. It's, like, school, so school given. Leapfrog? Them. But, like, yeah. he Leapfrog. is pretty much using so old. his magic and his videos. Like, that's, like, the same way. Yeah, he's watching this one DVD on repeat. Mm-hmm. He loves that DVD. It's all he has. It's very true. All right. So, now... We kind of get into the real spooky stuff. This is when uh, Amelia has another encounter with a Babadook who freaks her out so thoroughly that she locks herself in a room. And then uh, from the fireplace of that room where she is currently like kind of cowering in the corner of, a top hat drops down. And she is freaking... TF out. She's crawling across the floor trying to get to the door. And that's when she truly lets it in. So, so. now she has absolutely toked up on some Baba Duke. <laughs> that Baba Juice. <laughs> that's when it really has hit the fan. She's a little freaked. Um, so she's now like a shell of a person. Yeah. Uh, more than she was already. Again, looks god awful she just yeah managing to look worse yeah and somehow she's being very aggressive with sam yeah and then eventually she is sitting at her armchair watching some godforsaken shows really yeah. weird TV. that the babadook keeps appearing in oh my yes. god no he's like flashing in he looks really yeah. good in this like tv uh set up like in like the black and white mm-hmm. because um just like knowing a bit of trivia about this these are pre-established films Mm -hmm. that they kind of spliced him into and he looks pretty seamless in them they actually they based him off of a movie in the 20s um or some kind of film um it was called the man in the beaver hat in london after midnight which is so so wordy 
Not a good title. His That's a know, Lana Del Rey album title. I'm not entirely sure if they depict him in the um like series of films that is being like flashed in Amelia's face, but it it shows that he is very much like from that period, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like he looks exactly like those like you said nineteen twenties. Yeah. Um, films he yeah so Ver- it's silent like 20s films. animations like yeah which is this is actually like part of the reason that we were a little confused on the timeline of this because only very old programming airs which i mean but it's always very late so public, maybe it's public access reruns. tv is not that bad <laughs> I'm sure, maybe, like, maybe in australia who knows i'm sure it's also just like for like the movie effect to yeah. have like relevant stuff on the tv that is mm-hmm. pertaining the babadook has the yeah. remote yeah He's so he's like, we're gonna watch this. I made this little VHS for you, Amelia. Yeah. I hope you like it. I hope you like it. <laughs> so she is now flipping through the channels, and she lands on a news segment Dude. about a an American sing- news segment, which is weird. Yeah, for some reason, about a single mother snapping and strangling her son. And in the window of this news segment, she sees herself smiling. Oh, God. And I think this is when the final act kicks off because she's kind of like in this state between dreaming and reality. She's all Baba Duked out. She's Baba Duked out on sedatives and grief. And she sees a vision of Sam going into the basement. So she follows after him. And who does she see? Oh my gosh, it's finally time for Oscar. But her deceased husband, Oscar. And they hug, they embrace, and she just immediately is a wreck upon seeing him. It's also just like a breath of... Maybe I shouldn't have said wreck. (laughs) (laughs) No way. comforted. Yeah, Yeah. but she she is like so (laughs) consoled by his presence, like immediately. Like, there is no, like, how are you alive? Well, she says, She's like, I thought, I thought you, you died, dead. but, like, yeah. still, hugging it's this man. It's not like, how can you be here? It's You're just like, like you are not, I'm so you are not real. Mm-hmm. that you are here. I thought that you were gone. But and then, then Oscar says something a little weird. He says, we can be together. You just have to bring me the boy. Yep. The boy. The boy is actually something that I, I pointed out no, while was, we were watching it. That was so slay. About how at the beginning of the film, when talking with the... Uh, people at Sam's school the when headmaster. he was getting in trouble, the headmaster at Sam's school, Amelia very specifically pointedly said, do not call my son the boy. Yeah. Giving him and a little bit more like it's humanity. Yeah. Because nobody treats him like a person mm-hmm. in this. And by this point in the film, all of that humanity and care for Sam has gone out the window because the voice gets very distorted. Uh, Oscar's voice. And I, I don't think she immediately is like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but she like takes a moment and she realizes like she, that he's also calling him the boy. Yeah, that's his son. Even though mm-hmm. he never met him, like that is his son. And like I think that doesn't she like kind of snap out of it when she yeah. hears the boy. She kind of yeah. you can kind of see the realization like maybe this isn't this like, isn't why are you real. Calling him the boy. That's yeah. This son. isn't you. That's your son. Yeah. But. By this point, she's kind of too far gone. She's trapped. Where she is, I guess she's kind of now cognizant, still in this chair. 
Uh, Sam. So this and, was all of a. This is all a dream. Yeah, Sam That's and Bugsy me. are upstairs, and rest in peace. Bugsy gets a little brave, and goes downstairs. And Mama don't like that. Yeah, because um, Amelia is like shaking in her chair right now. She yeah. is scaring them very much, and Bugsy goes down there, barks at him, and I don't think Amelia takes that too well. No, not particularly. So um, she lets him outside, and we never see him again. That's what happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can we can we can, say we, that. we can do a little historical revisionism yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. The dog just runs off. Yeah, um, he just wanted a better life somewhere. But on if a farm. you don't like when he's dogs... on a farm somewhere <laughs> upstate, yeah, yeah, he's he went to a farm upstate. Um, and s- soon Sam might be. <laughs> yeah, Sam might be might joining be. him because now. Sam is like scared shitless of his mother, and then you hear a knock at yeah. the door. After the deed is done with Bugsy. Yeah. So after you know, Bugsy's been let out. Yeah, at the back door. Um, okay. She and goes to the door. He's fine. She is obviously just committed a heinous act of letting a dog go. And yeah. she opens the door. I think she's going to lose it on whoever it is. Me too. It is Mrs. Roach. Sweet this, old lady. This was perhaps the most scared I was throughout this entire movie. Because yes. I was like, she is going to do something to Miss Roach. And I, I thought Miss Roach was going lady. to die at every scene. <laughs> Literally. Like, no. Get off screen, yes. girl, please. please. <laughs> and Mrs. Poor, like, sweet old Mrs. Roach. She's just like, I love you guys. You know, you guys are like, my neighbors, you're basically my family. Yeah. I I want to make sure you guys are okay. Like I I heard some noises just from across the way. Like I just Didn't wanted to Samuel check. Samuel call her. Yeah, but yes. we don't realize that until later. Right? No, no. um cuz Amelia catches him on the yeah. phone. This was like during Cuz she's cut right. the phone line by this point. This was during her um She like, gets right. a knife at some point and is like going crazy. Her little freak right. out moment. That was a bit before though. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit earlier, but um he tried to call Mrs. Roach to be like, "Hey, can you come stay with us or can we come stay with you guys like mm-hmm. over at your place?" Cuz Sam was like, "We need to get out of this house." And which Amelia's is like, "This is no, just before she goes to to sleep in the sofa." We yeah. don't need any help. Like we're good. Um and she does another. Like, she did another freak out on Sam because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. But Miss Roach came over because yeah, she's awesome. After, after <laughs> we keep going back and forgetting things. I mean, no, that's but we're good. Prior to this, uh, Amelia actually goes upstairs and tries to confront Sam, and is like, uh, "Bugsy's really sick, so we need to get him." And <laughs> Sam is like, "Girl, what? <laughs> like I saw that." So um. Sam gets the door breaking down on him by Amelia spider monkeying oh, and yeah. kicking going it. monkey mode. On She's that going door. monkey mode on that door. <laughs> and then Sam, icon, legend, and star that he is, uh, manages to slip past her and tucks himself in a corner away somewhere. And that's when the knock happens. Yes. That kind of very briefly snaps her out of it. And Mrs. Roach is being just just so nice. God, Such I love a Mrs. Roach. Old lady. Love her. And it almost feels like maybe her name is related to like Amelia thinks she's kind of a nuisance. Like cause she keeps trying to help. Yeah. 
she's a pest. Yeah, but like she's the only one in her life with levity. Like she's mm-hmm. the only one helping her. I feel like she's just so against accepting help from yes. anyone and like admitting how much is wrong. That's mm-hmm. why I thought like, oh, Mrs. Roach is dead because she's yeah. gonna like try to, you know, stop the help. That's what grief makes you do. Because mm-hmm. maybe you just feel like you should be sad. Um, but she doesn't. Yeah, which is thank God. A relief for everybody, but it just heightens the stress because she's still killable. She's killed <laughs> mm-hmm. one thing so far. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, cut that. She, she has she uh, let go let, one thing so far. Let Bugsy go to a farm upstate. <laughs> <laughs> but Mrs. Roach goes home safe and sound. Thank Like we all God. want her to go. She goes to the kitchen and is like, hey, Sam. Um. Mm. Mommy's not well right now. Yeah. And she kneels down and she's like, mm. I'm going to take you to see your dad. Oh Which, ooh, God. chills. Ooh, chills. And you know, like, Sam, Samuel might want to, mm-hmm. but yeah. he knows something is wrong because he, he knows my dad he dead. He knows that Bugsy yeah. is missing at this point. He sees the dead, the missing, the missing dog. <laughs> Cut. The 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 essence of the missing dog is in the room. Yeah, yeah. they can really feel its absence. The aftershocks. So Amelia kneels down to try to like really like get in on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she is getting a little close to him. Getting a little close to that neck. Yeah. And like Samuel, the like the Rambo he is, the absolute legend that he is. Dabs his mom in the leg. Hell, right yeah. in the thigh. So awesome. Probably, she is bleeding profuse. <laughs> like there are there's a lot of blood on her dress it's by the awesome. end of this movie. Yeah. It, he it, like this like kicks off. Isn't it like a run through the house? Yeah, yeah straight upstairs. That um Is this whenever he is using all his weapons? Yes, yeah. he pulls out the 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 ball slingshot thing. He pulls mm-hmm. out the dart launcher. It's not really doing anything no, until they run down to the basement. Where? This is uh, Chekhov's string. <laughs> where Amelia runs down after him to, you know, get that. And he pulls this cord that he said to trap monsters that she trips over, bonks her head, tumbles down the stairs. And then I think gets like a bat to the back of the head. Yeah, yeah like it doesn't take her out. He gets, like she gets knocked out. So she awakens, tied to the floor, like something in a lot of fairy tales. I think it happens in Gulliver's Travel. Yeah, and um, also during the chase sequence, she's she specifically references uh the Three Little Pigs, which is something that she read earlier. So mm-hmm. she's kind of lost contact with reality, and as these stories and reality are kind of meshing into her it's i like this movie a lot it's so (laughs) It's so clever she begins to get loose though yes and she then grabs her this is when he gets strangled yep she grabs her she grabs sam and is absolutely going to town going to town on this boy like he is Unable to fight back. Yeah, because he's a six-year-old. He's a six-year-old boy. And we were like, "Oh, poke her eyes out!" <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's his mom. It's so his like, mom. He, he just caresses her face. Yeah, he's, 
he's trying he, to like he's like this is my mom i just want you to be okay yeah i'm, pro- I'm trying to protect you i'm not gonna hurt you so he caresses amelia's face and that act of humanity is what finally snaps her out of this and she's like she drops him falls to the floor wretches out this black substance he threw up she threw <laughs> she up finally threw up she threw up <laughs> And honestly, then, I wish he threw up more. Honestly, you said you of, wanted chunks. I was glad you it said was. You wanted chunks. No, like it's like a little this puddle ain't the chunky of podcast. like black goo. It was but, nasty coming out though. I mean, it was nasty, but like it's all over her dress. More <laughs> potentially. Your be, stomach isn't that big. Has, but like we got Duke is pretty big. We got to remember this She's was only thing wasn't in there. This was only two million. What? This is only two million dollars. Oh no, it's totally yeah. two million dollars. We, we don't. Can't, we don't we can't ha- spill a little bit more black. Goo we don't on have the floor. chunk money. <laughs> <laughs> we got goo money. We don't we, got chunk money. We don't got chunk money. <laughs> I have chunk money. I don't have two million dollars. You could always make money for chunks. I was gonna say, you just get some like split pea soup in like <laughs> a can, but put some like squid ink so, in it. Boom. So she's Oatmeal. getting better. Yeah, Samuel. This is the part I was mad at him about. He very so gently reminds his mom, you can't get rid of the Babadook, and gets yeetered up them steps <laughs> by like, an... It's Im- my cue! Literally. <laughs> he literally Take me away, boys! Australian gravity took him away. <laughs> so he the gets... reversed, as it does in the Upside Down. <laughs> he gets flung upstairs by this invisible force, thrown into a few walls, and Amelia, like, finally having come to her senses, rushes to protect him. And then we get the big old confrontation scene. The final which act. I loved. I Like, the more I think about it, the more I like this scene. Where uh, an entire wall of the room, draped in shadows... It yeah. goes on it's forever. Like oh, yeah, they're in their bed at this point. Yes. Which they've spent yes. a lot of the movie in. Which the yeah. bed is shaking. Yeah, it's everything is getting sucked up into the void mm-hmm. on the other side. So Amelia goes to confront it. Finally, for the first time in this entire film, yes. she actually acknowledges that it exists. And who greets her but Oscar? Hi, Oscar. Hi, Oscar. Hey. He doesn't. Stick around for long, though. Not particularly. So, she is greeted by the final words that Oscar said to her before he died and is forced to relive this. We literally see his head get cut off. Yeah. Or at least part oh of that. Oh, my God. I it is like that. an anime scene. Like, Literally. his head gets, like, sliced clean. When, like, two, like, sam- uh, is it samurai or just, like, swordsmen, like, yeah. do, like, yeah. a duel Click. and, like, go past each other. And, and then, then, one then, like, of a second goes fine. by and then, like, one of them, like, splits in half. Yep. So she is, like, on the floor just really going through it. Yeah. Even more than she has. Because we can only assume that this is as brutal, if not more brutal, than, than when it first than happened. what happened. Yeah. And then... Then, the Babadook's true form yes. starts to emerge. A winged figure, which was depicted in the book. Which I loved, well, but it was never shown. It was yeah. kind of a Blair Witch thing. Mm-hmm. I know I'm... We just see his wings. It was, it was never the fully shown. Yeah. So she's now cradling Samuel. 
and well, he's being sent- sucked in. Oh yeah, uh, he starts getting sucked in, and I think then she, she pulls, pulls him, him out, and then is cradling him and says, "My favorite line in the movie: If you touch my son again, I'll fucking kill you." Yeah. And finally, she's a good mom. Yeah. Yes. The Babadook has only one goal, and it's to make good moms. Yes. <laughs> So He's trying to help out. Yeah. She is in a, a screaming He's... match with this thing. She she goes to town. I love it so very much. Like it, a like a Nick Cage movie. Just literally. Yelling at this guy. She's she like she has out. had seven years of bottled up emotions so all much. all in and this she's one. She's not denying it. She's just saying, I know you're there. Don't don't try it. Probably the most that she's ever felt for her son. I. It's like she the is most effort so she's given in the entire movie of him, and is like, you cannot take him away from me. Mm-hmm. I will fight for him. Which, like, so such great development for her. Now she has finally taken away the power from the Babadook. Yay! But as the adage goes, you can't get rid of the Babadook. So, uh, the Babadook's hat cloak fingernails start floating out and then collapse onto the floor. He's a little yep. guy. And then in her final act of acknowledging that this has happened, she lifts the hat, gets blinded by this light in a loud scream. Yep. And it's a POV shot of the Babadook running into the basement. He scampers yep. down he scampers there. Literally. And then cut to the future. Cut to the Yay! future. And a bright they future. Are having a good time she's wearing she's her hair's done very nice her makeup is like she looks put together yeah she actually looks nice yeah i didn't know it's possible is <laughs> as happy as ever i mean before the babadook came around like with his gadgets and like she's actually showing him attention mm-hmm. at this point they are um... oh, they found like a way for him to use his weapons in like a non-destructive way they yeah. got like a dartboard for him yeah and like i loved that so much yeah like, not trying to like repress his interests anymore and like find healthy ways for yeah. him to do it that is also mm-hmm. like not damaging to other people it was i feel like mm-hmm. i feel like we're at the point where we can kind of discuss this a little bit more but like it was this movie was really about like treating kids like people mm-hmm. with like definitely behaviors and interests and like you can't just push them aside because obviously that is how you end up with kids that lash out and yeah. kids that get kicked out of school. You can't process their emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who will summon the anything to other people? Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, that doesn't that part doesn't really change about him talking about anything because mm. we cut back to Amelia and Sam having a conversation with Warren and Prue, who are like, uh, GPS is back. Yeah. Like, wow, you've really managed to get this together. Sam is going to a new school that Amelia's done a lot of research on. She thinks it's going to be a great fit for him. Uh, and Sam brings up, like, uh, yeah, my dad died the night I was born. And Amelia, for once, doesn't look embarrassed of him. Yeah. And she She's... tells Prue and Warren, like, yeah, the reason we haven't celebrated my son's birthday on the day is because that's the day my husband died. Yep. And also, she says that... Uh, Samuel is just like Oscar in the way that they always speak their mind. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I love that. I love, like, 
accepting the similarities in them. Like, because I think that that's probably one of the things that bothered her the most about raising Sam is like sure. seeing her husband in him. Yeah. And like, I just love like the well, it's way. It's just a reminder every day. I yeah. love the way that we only learned this thing about Oscar at the end of it. Because yeah. Oscar isn't a character in the story, but he is a. A force that you feel he throughout all of it. Yeah, time. he is like a relative that you lost in the story. Yeah, it's it's very powerful. I mean, you learn little bits of him, like he was a musician, and you, you kind of feel like Sam in that aspect. Yeah, like you only have these artifacts of this person who used to be and who you know is very important to these people. You don't know him. That's why I don't really understand how like people don't like Sam because like you are Sam in this movie. Yeah. Like because they're unempathetic. Yeah, people they don't suck. like kids. Sam does a does a sickle magic trick, which I still don't know how he did. Where did oh, he that, get that dove? That dove? Oh my! Where did no, he get that? Be, yeah, that had to be an editing cut. Obviously, he can't do but, that. No, I mean like, it's like an actual magic trick, but like but a, I don't know where he got. Where did he, he get a dove? I think he's, he's been on Amazon a little too long. He's seven. <laughs> That's he's just buying it for himself at buying, this point. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the internet. Can you just get a dove <laughs> off Amazon though? Maybe. I'm googling where to buy a dove. So, um, um kind of into the <laughs> final scene of this movie now. Yes. Uh Sam and Amelia are in the garden uh where she has planted a black rose presumably uh in remembrance of the dog who ran away. Yes, and is yeah, not it's, it's about mounded as well. Ground. Like there's definitely like a they filled it with some dirt. Yeah, yeah, they got rooms for for <laughs> okay. worms. Well, much, is... much like Amelia, I think we need to acknowledge the death. Finally, yeah. I'm so sorry. What Bugsy? Bugsy died. So Oscar died. <laughs> no, no. <sighs> so yeah, they lose a pet, but they might. They found each other. Gain a mother. <laughs> I. They also might gain something gain, else. Gain a pet. They. So, Sam is collecting worms for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean it's I, a little weird. I mean, it's a normal thing for kids, slugs. but like his mom is like encouraging. It's like a bowl of yeah, worms. A lot of worms. It's like a bonding activity. There's like a lot of yeah. different worms in there too. So they bring these worms in, and it's a little weird because. Why would you bring worms inside unless you have like a maybe they have a frog or something? Got they got him a frog because yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean Bugsy like he went upstate and everything, but yeah, the basement door now has many locks on it. So, so she's many. she is undoing it's like at the top, at the top, of it yeah. now. so like nobody and can um, get in that is Sam's height. It is also worth noting that you might have been getting to this, but she specifically Sam. Uh, she tells Sam mm. when he asks, like, oh, can I can I see it? She says, you'll see it when you're older. Yep. Which, yep. in the grief metaphor, I really like. Yeah. Because Sam will only start to process all of these emotions and potentially go through all of this again when he's older. Yeah, and you can only handle it when you're older. Yeah. Which we'll see why when she opens the basement Down door there. alone. With her bowl of worms. And she kind of just places it next to the shadows. Yeah. And the POV and then, comes back. Yeah, the Babadook POV comes back. <gasps> and uh, literally, like, almost sends her flying backwards. Yeah, like, same way, like, at like, the confrontation. Yeah, and you, mm-hmm. you I mean, I, my heart dropped because I thought she was, I thought she was dead. Yeah, <laughs> but something that I really liked happened. 
she consoles it much like you would console a child. Or yourself. Or if yourself. If you're going through something like that. Like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Breathe. Calm down. Yeah. And she leaves the bowl of worms on the ground for it. And it retreats back into the corner, takes the bowl with it. And then I want to say that the last scene is Amelia hugging Sam. Uh, yeah, she goes back and they're going to go celebrate his birthday, I think. Yeah. yeah. Big birthday celebration. And that's the end of the movie. Woo! <sighs> it was a roller coaster that was only ups. Truly. And then it ended on like a higher plane. Yeah. Because I think there are few stories that end with the monster still alive that I am like, I feel pretty Safe. okay about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it felt like a resolution, but it felt so different from other movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, so different. Like, the Babadook is just, like, a little a little critter now. Yeah. He's just a little guy, just like, like Sam. <laughs> mm -hmm. He just, like, lives in the basement yeah. forever now, I guess. Kind of, like, kind of with grief when you look at it for long enough, it's kind of pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Not feeling grief. Oh my god, but that's kind of brutal. Not no, feeling grief, but, but like, grief you, itself. You grieve, you grieve your dead husband? Pathetic. Hold this <laughs> but because Loser. it only has as much control of you as you let it have. Oh, definitely, yes. yeah. And, and it's also like, why would she be able to kill it? Yeah. You can't, you can't get rid you, of it. You can't You can't get rid of the Babadook. You can't get rid of the grief. The and same way that like Oscar like is obviously always gonna live with her, and because yeah. mm -hmm. with Samuel like the grief of his loss is also gonna be there, but it'll become smaller. Mm -hmm. yep. She can move on with yeah. it. So you have it a mini Baba Duke, and it is also worth Duke noting uh, the specificity of it living in the basement, which is where she kept all of Oscar's things. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Did it look like a little bit more cleaned out? Yeah. Yep. Whenever, which yep. isn't saying much. <laughs> considering how bad the it looked Duke's in the beginning. Um, the Babadook uh, likes to keep a minimalist yeah. lifestyle. He's not, really. he's not a maximalist, no. Absolutely um, not. I Okay, so I have two insane theories. Okay. Um, one is that her husband's spirit is the Babadook. That's kind of mean. <laughs> it would be. Do you think he hated that dog? I think he did. No. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, like a, a trapped, like tortured spirit kind of thing where like, kind of unfinished business becomes evil. Like, I don't know. That's really putting it out there. But I mean, I no, I can see it. Like, he, if he is, like, this spirit that stayed behind to watch over her, and she yeah. sees, or if Oscar sees how Amelia is doing seven years after his death, and she's still, like, yeah. rough. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe in, like, some, like, weird, twisted way. Like, I would be, like, you got to get your... You gotta get your shit together, girly. Yeah. I'm gonna torment you a little bit, but it's for your own good. Yeah. <laughs> I think um specifically with the Babadook itself, this is actually something that I've been kind of uh, like mulling over within the story itself, not like within our reality, because we obviously kind of know the answer to that. Is the Babadook real? Or is it a figment of Amelia's imagination? I think the Babadook is in our hearts. No. <laughs> the real Babadook was the, the friends. <laughs> I think the Babadook's real. Yeah. I would say that it is real within the fiction. Yeah. I mean, like 
Well, I I hope he's not really real. I'm yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> Just don't have grief I don't okay. grieve, I guess. yeah i can do that yeah just make sure I'm, nobody I'm in your better. life passes away <laughs> um yeah i think it would definitely i mean if he wasn't it would really remove a lot of the gravity away from it yeah i mean except the fact that like she would still have done her actions mm-hmm. <laughs> so my other theory okay was that the babadook originally was at mrs roach's house I mentioned before, and I mean, you can see by her, you know, she's a missus. She had a husband. She does not have a husband in the story. We can only assume that she, that he has passed because mm-hmm. um, she's she's much older. Maybe she experienced this grief. She dealt with it. And that's also maybe why the, the Babadook, when she, he was in her house, didn't attack her. Yeah. He left her alone. Yeah. Because she had her shit figured out. Yeah. Unlike a certain that, somebody. Under that theory, do you think it would be Mrs. Roach yes. that gave her the book? Do you think Mrs. I, Roach made the book? I think m- Mrs. Or what I if, would like what to think so. Third I, no, option. No, I'm a Mrs. Roach defender. Mr. Roach is the Babadook. <laughs> Bugsy is the Babadook. <laughs> We'll start with B. Think about it. B, but he's a bug. B. I mean, would, wouldn't Mrs. Roach marry a roach? I don't think that's the truth. Ba- the Babadook's last name. What's the, what's the Babadook's last name? Babadook Roach. I mean, it, it is Mr. Babadook. No, it's Babadook. Mr. Babadook oh, Roach. Baba. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of a. I mean, there's no way that like this has been explained at all by any like no i'm just i'm just this is curious. fun speculation like, yeah if like a little silly goofy. somehow yeah. like i think like the most plausible character motivation would be like maybe some maybe mrs roach was going through it yeah and she got the book and she she dealt with it dealt with it in like some like strange twisted old lady way <laughs> She gave them the book. Yeah, strange, kind of twisted old Or maybe it just found its way over there because yeah, it's like, like it was it in her just, house. It was just on the shelf of yeah. books. Maybe it, it was in her basement. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe she's been feeding it. This is so reminiscent of stories that like, like the monster's still there and they have to keep it. They have to, you know, take care of it. Take care of it. But it it is actually usually those stories give me like the heebie-jeebies at the end. But like this, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I think, a good time to briefly mention. Literally, my I have a a journal where I have an, uh, a page titled Podcast Notes where I have two things written down. One, shitty-looking food, which we have already discussed. <laughs> it's also and gross. two, monster, which, without the context, uh, sounds really stupid. It was really <laughs> funny when all you had written down no, was, was mo- notes. Monster. monster. <laughs> Monster is Jennifer Kent's short film that she actually made uh, and has described since as the baby Babadook. Baby Babadook. Is, I, I like to assume that's what's in the basement now. That's the baby Babadook. That's the baby Duke. <laughs> the baby Duke. Oh, baby Duke. <laughs> so I watched Monster in preparation for this, and it is like kind of fascinating how similar they are, but also how they differ. Because this was obviously made on a significantly lower budget. 
and um the kind of structure of it was very similar like uh it first starts tormenting the son the son is also named Samuel and is also wow Samuel's cannot catch a break I'm saying just don't name your son Sam <laughs> and um who is kind of tormented by this monster first the monster is a doll in this rather than a storybook and uh the mom she's not named but I'll just call her Proto Amelia Proto Amelia <laughs> uh is like no it's not real and then she starts experiencing things too and then the monster comes after Samuel Proto Amelia does something quite similar to what happened in the Babadook perhaps a little less vulgar scolds it like it was an unruly child mm-hmm. and is like you are going to go back into that basement so it scampers back down and then it cuts to them later and she fixes it a glass of milk Aww. and then that's the end of the short which is kind of just the Babadook it's like the bare bones version without yeah. the whole grief aspect mm-hmm. yeah it's like I feel like that one is like it sounds more like a mother kind of gaining control of like her motherhood if she's like wins by scolding it instead of like winning yeah. by protecting her child mm-hmm. but like that's so fun yeah um apparently this movie actually did stir up a decent bit of controversy from oh, yeah. what i've read about mothers uh saying amelia would never act like that but Aww. kind of an equal amount of single mothers were like you showed what it is it's not pretty because sometimes like kind of resent your kids definitely and obviously it's one thing to feel that and it's another thing to act on it yeah but i feel like believe it or not i cannot speak to motherhood (laughs) i guess kind of having gone through the movie gone through our thoughts on the various aspects of it uh going through a lot of the behind the scenes stuff is there anything else that we would like to say about this movie since you brought up like that um single mothers in real life, like we're talking about how relatable it is. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of like a cathartic movie in that way to like, this doesn't sound horrible, but like you see this mother doing the things that potentially you've thought about doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we've all thought about just like losing our shit on someone. Yeah. What the horror genre is for. Yeah. Yeah. It's about... (laughs) But like, seeing the things that you, you sometimes yeah. think about but it's don't your, want to do. You know, but the, you see the horror. The bad human in it. desires. Yeah. You see you like, how horrible it is that it has gotten to this point for her. Because yeah. I'm sure most mm-hmm. of us would never, if we were single parents, uh, scream at our child like this. Yeah. But like, so like, I feel like it really shows like, one, you can get out not get over it but you can work through it you can move past it and you don't have to hurt the people in your life and you can get better mm-hmm. and also like don't put it all in because you're gonna hurt people yeah yeah please don't do that it, yeah. it is kind of a cautionary tale in that yeah. aspect it really is like i my final thoughts are i really liked this movie i really like this movie i too. thought the relationships were so good and i love the development of amelia and samuel through it mm-hmm. like it was so fun to watch them like and be happy at the end it was 
it was cathartic, but it was still like a horror ending. It was such a good time. I, I did have an idea for how we end each of these. Um, okay. We're Cinema Cobb, right? Cinema yes. Cinema Cobb? What? Kernels. We should Lit- rate this by number of popcorn kernels that we thought it was out of 10. I was going to say skeletons. Skeletons? Skeleton kernels. You can, yeah. They're like dead. Skeletons who They're have like served dead. in the military. I think this popped eight kernels out of 10 kernels. I would for say me. eight kernels is a good yes. metric. Why do we only have 10 kernels? Just because the classic, classic. We are college students and we are working scale. off of a college budget, so we can only afford yeah. 10 kernels for each of us. Yeah, I mean, how many kernels are like a normal bag? I don't want to be like, um, I think that this should have 58 out of 72 kernels. I would say, <laughs> given it a solid, I would say probably about an eight and a half. And I would recommend I would, people I would watch it. I would highly recommend Absolutely. people watch it. Sleep tight, everyone. <laughs> Good night. Thank you for watching. <laughs>